0: Hello, this is Opera Unbound, a podcast that breaks the barriers between opera singers and the audience. We will cover the process, challenges, stereotypes, and inspirations associated with opera. If you like the content that we're putting out and you'd love to see more, make sure you subscribe to our channel as well as share it with all your friends. We're finally here. Part three of my three-part series on preparing a role. Today, we're going to discuss strategies on how to learn the music when you're preparing a role. Usually start by just dividing it into sections. This is pretty simple when most operas are written in acts and then you're gonna divide things within there. Is there an aria? Is there recit? You can make any sort of divisions you want. Some people like to divide it up into like five or six different sections, the whole piece, and they'll do one section a day. I think it's a nice idea. I think it's really important to look at the music or listen and decide this section is gonna be the most complicated, so this is the first section I'm gonna work on. And for me, when I'm looking at music, the first step is always analyzing it, doing some music theory analysis, form, and style. These are all really important things for you to be able to prepare the music properly. Now, you don't have to go into the nitty gritty and analyze every chord, but if you have a good understanding of the overarching music theory of that particular section or piece that you're working on within an opera, you will make much more informed decisions when it comes to interpretation and even emotional context of your character. Composers give you many gifts. I learned this from Mark Frassat. He's a He's an acting coach. And it's true that they give you all sorts of ideas in the music that help you shape the character that you are portraying. Another thing I do during this analysis is I write in the number of rests I have between phrases and a breath. And this really helped me. I used to struggle when I was a young musician with entrances and sometimes they can be really tricky. And I found quickly notating how many rests I have between entrances really helped me solidify those instrumental sections between singing. The next thing you should do is learn the rhythm. Now we'd already done some of this with the text. So some of the work is is already done or all of it's already done, but it's still good to go over it again, clapping it, tapping it, playing a single note, saying, saying it on a single note, whatever helps you. Do this with a metronome. Do it under tempo and then do it at tempo. And repeat it until you have no mistakes. Or repeat it even when you have no mistakes. You want it to really be solid in your mind and body. The next step for me is usually listening to several different recordings. I like to listen to different artists, different conductors, to understand different interpretations and catch any common performance practices. We all know that things can be written on a page but may not be performed that way. You know, anytime you have ornamentations that are added, that's a common practice, right? If there's a cadenza, it's expected for you to come up with or use one that's commonly done and add that to your interpretation of the music. And sometimes words are cha- words can be changed. I've heard that and other things. So I really think it's important to listen to several different recordings and even uh, something I like to do is I like to practice speaking the text to recording. So I really get that timing down with the context of the music and with the other lines. I think it's also good to play your vocal line without singing it. Uh, Many pianists learn from a young age to hum what they play. So the thing is like, if you can sing it, you can play it. Well, I think it goes both ways. If you can play it, you can sing it. I also find it useful to play the other vocal lines, so I have that context. If you really want to solidify a piece of music too, practice it back to front we all start at the beginning and that usually means the beginning is the best part so i like to encourage my students and myself to start at the back of a piece do a phrase then go back do both those phrases and so on and so forth so you're just adding little chunks each time which means that the end is going to be just as prepared as the beginning So I wanna talk quickly just about how this practice breaks down. So I was going to be doing Meg Page uh, last summer before everything got canceled, and I did an analysis of how long Meg Page is. All of her music is about 40 minutes of music that you have to learn. I don't remember where I learned this, but it takes you about an hour per minute to get that music fully prepared. So if you break that down, so you've got 40 hours of practice minimum that you need to do in order to learn that role of Meg Page in Verdi's Falstaff. Now, if you break that down, if you had only enough time to do one hour of practice a day, and let's just say we're going with five days a week, that's going to take you eight weeks to learn. If you have two hours, four weeks, And if you have four hours, only two weeks. And those four hours of practice don't mean pure vocal practice. That can be rhythm work, it can be language work, it can be just playing the vocal line. You have lots of options inside of your practice time that don't all have to be vocally taxing. I really encourage people to break up practice sections anyways into 25-30 minute sections. It really is a nice way to, to maintain focus You know, we live in a world where we all feel like our focus is split in so many different ways by distractions and just overstimulation that we have in in an information-dense and heavy society. Really feel like you can break your practice sections up and do different things in different practice sections. Maybe the first time you're just working on rhythm and okay, feel like you got the rhythm down. Then try playing through the vocal line and then maybe the next day. Then you start singing the vocal line in rhythm with a metronome. Make sure you got it all nice and tidy. Uh, with Meg Page, I was fortunate to learn the fugue at the end of the piece before I had was given the opportunity to start preparing this role in its entirety. I'm very thankful for that because the fugue is is the hardest part of Verdi's Falstaff for pretty much any character. <laughs> So that would be the first thing that I would attack if I hadn't already learned it. Also, working on memorization. Now, we already talked about, like, you should already have the text memorized if you've been working with the language and followed the steps as I lined them out in the previous podcast. I think a good goal is to be able to do each section 10 times in a row without any memory slips. And that's, you know, with this 40 hours of music, that'll take you about eight hours to do. Also, don't forget, practice your acting and do different things to keep it fresh. You need to have a really defined idea of the types of actions your character is going to do. That's not to say that when you get into rehearsals and your director has ideas that you're not open to them. It just means, ah, I have lots of different ideas on how my character might react in this particular situation. And it also helps you from being stuck in one way of acting this character. I think we all can fall into that trap and I force myself to do this every time I do auditions and I'm like, okay, it's another audition season and I need to dust off some of those arias I haven't done in a while. See if I have new ideas about the way my character might approach things. Sometimes I won't because there's just, um, you know, you find a really good idea. Why change it if it's something that really works? But if you've got areas where you're like, I did this either feels awkward or I don't know that this is reading well that's that's when not only try something different but also record yourself doing it uh set up a camera you know we all have smartphones these days so that's pretty easy to do and see if you as an audience member are reading what what you as an artist are trying to present. If it's not clear, either go further with those actions or with, you know, when we talk about music, vocal colors, dynamics, those sorts of things. If it's not really coming across clearly, go back and practice it again and try something different. And hopefully you get, I just wanted to mention too, like I like to at least do two coachings on a roll before I go into a gig. You know, more is great, but two, I find two really helps me. I, I work with a great coach and he helps me find the, the little either mispronunciations, oh, this rhythm needs to be cleaner, can do a little bit better phrasing here. Those sorts of things help me really be prepared for going into a gig. And usually two times is good for me. Everyone's different. So everybody's process is going to be slightly different. So this is my process on how to prepare a role. And I hope you find it helpful. If you guys have any questions uh, that I didn't answer, leave us a comment on our Instagram page or send us an email. We do have an email address or leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Lots of different options. Just let us know. We're always open to your suggestions, and thank you again for listening. Thanks for listening to this podcast episode. For more information about the podcast or for extras, check out our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash Unbound. Ciao!